Well, I was wondering, I, there should have been one of these cards on your chair when you came in, and uh, if you wouldn't mind taking that out. I want to talk to you tonight uh, about the, the seven words that are at the top of this card. They're found in Luke's gospel, and uh, I want to ask if you'd read them with me, and then I'd like to think about them together uh, as we celebrate this Christmas Eve. Would you read them? A Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. A Savior. This was the message that the angels delivered to the shepherds that night outside of Bethlehem, right after Jesus had been born. And they described, right before they said these words, they said, we bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Not just Jewish people, not just really good people, for all the people. It's an interesting thing. Then the next thing they say is, and here's the good news. A Savior has been born to you. And uh, I don't know about you, but that's not news that always shakes the world, is it? Um, I know that there's some people that go, a Savior what is a savior? What does someone being born outside Bethlehem have anything to do with me? But the angels said, God wants us to tell you this. This is for all the people. And so what does that mean? Uh, is, is everybody excited about that? I remember years ago, uh, Ted Turner said, I don't need a savior. I don't need anyone to die on the cross for my sins. And the Bible says is that, uh, that in another place, in Matthew's gospel, that when they were explaining why Jesus was coming to earth, God in human flesh coming to earth, the angel said this to Joseph, I want you to name this child when this child is born. I want you to name him Jesus. Jesus means the Lord saves. I want you to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Wow. And so when you think about that, where are you tonight when you think about a Savior? Is that good news to you? Does that bring great joy to you to know that God saw to it that there was a Savior? Or does it, you know, you're still wondering. Maybe you relate a little bit to Ted Turner and saying, you know, it's a nice Christmas message. I, I'm glad some people like to sing about it, but I don't need a Savior. I'm in good shape. I don't, in fact, I don't want a Savior. I kind of like the way I'm doing my life. Um, I guess the best way to, to maybe point out why this message is such good news is kind of share with you kind of the process that God's taken me through in my life that helped me see that I needed a Savior. Uh, I don't know if you've ever benchmarked your life. I don't know if you've ever kind of had to rank yourself or kind of measure yourself and see where you fit in things. But when I moved back here almost 20 years ago, I joined the Racket and Fitness Center because I wanted to play tennis indoors all year round. And so I had played, my dad and I used to play, I'd played out in Iowa. I'd played several people and I'd beat some people once in a while. So I thought, you know, I think I'm a pretty good tennis player, you know. And so when, they, when I signed up, they gave me this notebook. I don't know if they still do it now, but they, this notebook said, okay, if you want to call some people to play, here's the A players, here's the B players, and here's the C players. And for the first time, I had to figure out which one am I. So I, I remember that I called some people on the, the, the level that I thought I was, and I got annihilated. <laughs> and I got immediately woke, up, it woke me up to the fact that I was, I was overrating my ability, my tennis ability. And I, it was the first time I'd ever really had to benchmark my ability like that. 
Well, that's not the first time I overrated myself. I overrated myself spiritually. I overrated my character. You know, nowadays it's not uncommon to hear people say, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. In fact, I, you know, I think I'm, I know I'm a, you know, a lot better than some people. I'm a pretty good person. So what happened is, is I was walking around with it. You know, I know some people need a savior. I don't necessarily think I do. I'm not sure I do. And then a guy showed something on a napkin that I've not forgotten. And I've kind of put this on the card so you can kind of see it and think about it later if you want. But up here you see God with a throne. And it shows us that we were made for a relationship with God. He made us to know him uh, to, to work with him and to, to fulfill his great purposes for us. I mean, he didn't just make, he wasn't just messing around. He had a great purpose for us. But the Bible says is that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the standard of God, the benchmark of God, and also the plan he had for us, and that our sins have separated us from God, Isaiah says. And so this guy said, okay, just to kind of give yourself an idea of where to benchmark yourself, he said, let me just ask you, who are some people that are really impressive spiritually to you? Uh, Their character, uh, some people that you, the whole world admires. And I said, well, this was a number of years ago. I said, well, without question, Mother Teresa of Calcutta would definitely, I mean, here's someone that gave her whole life to care for the poorest of the poor. And the way she did that, and so many people respect her. He said, well, you know, if you've ever read or listened to Mother Teresa talk, she says that she knows that in the light of the blazing brilliance of the holiness of God, as she measures herself, uh, she would probably put herself right, right about down here. I remember thinking, wow. And he said, well, who's, who's another person you thought? I said, well, probably Billy Graham. Billy Graham's touched hundreds and thousands of lives. He's been faithful through all the ups and downs. If you've ever listened to Billy Graham, even now, late in his life, he would probably put himself down here, maybe just even a little bit below Mother Teresa. He said, so now, and I'll never forget this, now where would you put yourself? And I don't know where you'd put yourself, friends, but I knew this. I wasn't putting myself north of Mother Teresa or Billy Graham. Nor was I putting it next to them. So I remember just to be safe, I put it right under them. (laughs) And here's the thing I want you to think about with me. If that's the case, then there's a gap. And it's a big gap. And what people like this have said is, no matter how good they thought they were or tried to be, they could not erase that gap. That gap, they saw themselves in the blazing brilliance of the holiness of God. They saw that the original purpose he had for them, and they saw how far short they fell of that. I remember thinking to myself, I I finally saw why I needed a Savior. Because there's a gap. I had a gap problem that I could not solve. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to be a really good person. Because C.S. Lewis says, those who really have tried they come to understand some things about themselves. They, if they're being honest with themselves, they too realize there is this gap between me and God, and I can't change that. And the Bible says God knew we couldn't change this, but he was not content to leave us like this, and so God 
out of his great, loving, holy character, decided to send his one and only son, his best. And Jesus, eternal God, was willing to be born as a baby and was willing to come to earth for one purpose, and that was to die in your place and mine. The Bible says to bring us to God. And he, by what he did in his sacrifice on the cross, bridged the gap so that all who look to him, so that all who put their trust in him and what he's done for all, that would be appropriated to their life. And now, not only would we be brought near to God, but now, because he died on the cross and on the third day rose again, conquering death, and then ascended to the right hand of God where he now waits to come back a second time. He was able to send his own Holy Spirit so that now he's not just a savior on the outside, he's a savior on the inside to all who will humbly trust in him and his work on their behalf. And he can not only deal with a gap problem, but he can become the savior from the inside out of your life and mine. This is amazing. You see why they called it good news of great joy. So tonight, I want to just ask you to think about uh, this Christmas Eve. I thought maybe it might help just for you to kind of think about where you are. And I've got those three circles there. And uh, I'm just wondering, this Christmas Eve, where do you find yourself with God? Would the first circle be, if you were to be totally honest, would the first circle speak for you? Would you relate a lot to what Ted Turner said? where you'd find yourself saying, you know, look, I I don't know if I buy any of this stuff. I don't care what the Bible says. I think that's make-believe. I think that's, you know, nice for some people. I don't need a Savior. I don't want a Savior. You know, if that's you, at least tonight you know where you are. I know even in the last service we had some people that um, I'm not sure if there were heel marks out in the parking lot, but they came. And some of you, you're here. And maybe you're here just to please a family member, maybe so that they'll get off your back or something like that. I don't know. But maybe you're, you're here and you're saying, you know, I didn't expect to talk about this stuff. I don't, I don't need a savior. All I'd like to say to you is this. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad that you'd be willing to be respectful and listen to a message like this. And maybe there'll come a day where you'll be able to see yourself and you may come to a place where you, you say, yeah, you know what, I didn't used to think there was a gap problem. I got a gap problem. I cannot solve. But the Bible says there's a Savior that came for me. And, you know, I, if you're looking for a church where you can ask questions and not be considered scandalous or rebellious, I mean, I hope you feel like you can worship with us because we're learning how to appreciate that Jesus is a Savior. But maybe, by the way, can I just say one thing about that? I hope you're, if you don't think you need a savior, I hope you're, I hope you're judging yourself by the right standard. And I, I remember when I used to think I was such a good person, I remember as I look back on it, it, was, it wasn't because I was measuring myself against the holiness of God, it was because I was measuring myself against other people. And I remember I, I, I like to, you know, I, I'm better than ax murderers and child molesters and stuff like that. And I remember the thought came to me, well, that's kind of like bragging that I can bench press more than my grandmother. 
I mean, any, but you can pick any standard you want. But the standard we're going to be, you know, held accountable for is what we did with God and the standard there. And so, I, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Russian poet Turgenev, but he said, I don't know what the heart of a bad man is like, but I know what the heart of a good man is like, and it is terrible. And Turgenev had been able to see himself, and he knew what his heart was really like, and he realized he needed a Savior. The second circle there is, I need a Savior. Maybe while I've been talking tonight, or maybe God's been working your life in the last few months, maybe even years. And the longer you live, the more you see empirical evidence that you need a Savior. By the time I was 15, I saw unmistakable empirical evidence that I was what the Bible called me, a sinner. And I realized that Jesus came, like we sang that hymn, God and sinners reconciled. That was what was going on. So if that's you, if you're, if you're at a place tonight and you say, I need a Savior, I, I need what Jesus did on my behalf, I've placed that prayer at the bottom of the card. And that may be a prayer that you want to pray. And if you come to a place where in your heart you're ready to pray that prayer tonight, can I just suggest something to you? After you do that, sign your name at the bottom of the card and then write Christmas Eve 2014 and hang on to this card. And remember how God met you and God showed you that this was good news for you and not just for you, but also people you know. But remember this night, mark it down. The third one is Jesus is my savior and. There's a number of us here. We have a savior, don't we? A number of years ago, in some cases, maybe just a few weeks ago, some of us in this room we came to the understanding by God's grace that we needed a savior. And we realized that in many ways, the way he saves is in one sense, in the ultimate sense, a done deal. He saved us for good once for all. Nothing can change that. That is forever changed. But in other ways, how does he save us? He saves us one day at a time. And you know, I don't know if you've seen this, but in the Bible it says there's four different tenses for saved. I was saved, I am saved, I'm being saved, I will be saved. And we live in that now and not yet where we see that there's still work Jesus is doing to save us from the inside out. And I don't know about you, but even this week, I found myself all week long going, I need a savior. I saw, again, evidence where God still needs to save me. You say, savior from what, Jeff? From pride, from partiality from ingratitude, from greed, from blindness, from self-centeredness. He wants to redeem and save that stuff in my life, and he wants to make me, and I just want to say this. I know that I still am, you know, not fully, completely changed and saved like I'm going to be, but I can tell you I'm not what I used to be because of Jesus. And I'm watching him change me one day at a time. And my job is to be humble and teachable and shapeable. And when I do, he does incredible saving work. How many of us are grateful tonight he's a savior? And so the thing that I remember as I close, uh, you know, it's Jesus is my savior. I have a savior and, and I need him to keep saving me. I don't know what it might be in your life where you're just real conscious that, oh, Jesus, keep working in that area of my life, please. But as you think about these three circles, uh, we're going to 
sing in just a moment. And I want to just tell you, one of the things I remember as a pastor, I've had a chance to be around a lot of different people. One time I was next to the deathbed of a person. They were just hours from death. And I'll never forget something they said. They looked up at me and they said, isn't it wonderful to have a Savior? Isn't it wonderful to have a Savior? And this Christmas Eve, if you have a Savior, thank him. If you have a Savior, keep trusting him. But if you don't, you can. And we want to just give you some time to just reflect which circle would you put yourself in as they sing this song. Think about that.